Footy Prime the Podcast is brought to you by Tony Bet, official sponsor of the CPL and presenting sponsor of Canada's unofficial voice of footy. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Oi, the boys on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language and sometimes tales are quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. Oh, let's go! Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. You know that we are the number one show. So grab your fucking mitts and now it's time to go. Cause it's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. It's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. With Danny, Jimmy, Craig, and Andy, Jimmy, JC. Hey, we found ourselves a new voice guy. <laughs> we stay away from the tall men with the cats. Please, I repeat, stay away from the tall men with the cats. Do not approach this man. Of all the timing, right? We just start fully prime the podcast, and guess what happens? Craig gets fire alarm warnings in his brand new shiny condo. That's all right. I don't see you rushing out, Craig, panicking. In fact, no. you don't give a shit. Well, no, because the uh, the actual announcers was they're going. It's the annual fire alarm test. Oh, is so that what need, you said? Yeah, so they're going to come into the apartments and check all the uh, fire alarms. Did you well, tidy up? One. Oh my god, yeah. Did you tidy up? You got to tidy no, up. Buddy. No, because they're not getting to my unit until tomorrow. So I got all day. Oh. <laughs> Isn't there a no cat rule as well? Uh, no. No, no, it's not Sharps. Sharps, there's a no dead cat rule. Okay. So he's in trouble. Hey, Stax, Stax, you, you've got to welcome them in. Just sit there with your robe, a little pipe. Hello, gentlemen. Come on in. Would you your like a white robe? robe? Uh huh. If you brought, if you stole that white robe from the expensive hotel in LA, that is perfect to welcome people. Yeah. E- eating FIFA chocolate. Yeah, I can offer okay. them an in- instant coffee. 
Yeah. <laughs> That'd be Flatter really creepy. Fruit. Really weird. Really weird. Um, all right. Well, listen, there's, there's a ton to get to today. Um, we probably won't get to it all, but where do you want to start? Let's start. Let's start with Luton, shall we? We'll get to the other stuff. But Luton winning the most, what, the, the richest prize in sports, which is what they call it, right? Because promotion to the Prem guarantees so much money. And even if you go straight back down, you get those relegation payments. And for a team like Luton, I mean, that's enormous. They win the promotion final. Um, some match, by the way, on penalties. Incredible drama against Coventry. Um, that their captain, Lockyer, collapses in the first half, is carried off. The players don't know how he's doing. And then at the end of the match, a video is sent of him just celebrating in his hospital room. Amazing scenes. Really emotional scenes. But this is Luton. I mean, I, when, I, when I moved here in 1990, they were still, I think, in 1990, still a first division team. I, I think grew they got up relegated in 1990. Was it 90? Something like that. It was very it's, close. Uh, yeah, if, if very around that time anyway. But I grew up watching this team in the in the, the old first division before the Prem. Yep. But to see Kenilworth Road now and those great pictures are being you know dispersed throughout social media of the main entrance and how tiny that ground is. But more importantly than all of that, right, is that now we've got fresh material from you two assholes having played at Kenilworth Road. It's like, oh, thank God, new material. Thank you, Luton. It's the most important part of it. So please, take it away, boys. Your experiences at Kenilworth Road. Well, there, uh, there's a few. I mean, Luton wasn't very far from Ipswich, so uh, we played their friendlies, uh, a lot of reserve games as well as first-team games. Uh, played there when it was a plastic pitch, but it was always, you know, tiny, small ground, 10,300, something like that. Um, going through a, basically a housing project uh, and then through terrace houses to actually get into the stadium. It's, it's quite, quite incredible. It's a, it's unique, but certainly the times we went there, Jimmy, you're kind of going, wow, what an absolute shithole. But it, <laughs> I don't know how they're going to get together and get this, ready or whether they play at another location which has been talked about as well so they got a lot of work to do and there's nothing they could have done until they actually won the final because they could have had zero money and now they all of a sudden they got a couple hundred million at least yeah it's a it's funny when you drive up to the stadium as well because like craig says it's like it's in this area that's just all houses you can't even see the stadium you're just like where the hell are we right now and all of a sudden, in, in the middle of all these houses, is this pitch. And when you walk into the stadium, it's not walking into this beautiful stadium that's all glass and modern. It's it's almost like you're going through like townhouses to get into the dressing room. And then when you're on the pitch, it's quite intimate. It's just really, really tight stadium. But down one side, they have all these sponsorship boards and then a few boxes on top of them. So there's no stand on the one side. It's just like boxes. But it was, uh, it's such a unique place. I mean, to see them in the Premier League now, this is this is wild. Never and, would I have thought in a million years they'd be in the Premier League. No, me neither. It wasn't that long ago I thought that Luton Town will never be in the top flight again with what they have, the situation, the town, the stadium. Um, they are the 51st club to will have competed in the Premier League, I believe. Um, 
it's it's a it's a dream for them. I mean, they came non-league. I mean, they went to so so 1990 relegated somewhere around there uh, to go all the way down to non-league, and then in nine years work your way back up into the Premier League is is quite astonishing. With I think one of the two lowest page, paid paid uh, sides in the all of the championship, and Coventry was in the bottom four as well. So big story all around for, for yeah. those teams to to reach that, but. Good for them. It's going to be yeah. an interesting season. Yeah. And they and they were deducted. Weren't they deducted thirty points one year because mm-hmm. of financial issues? Which that's right. Were down. So they had no money in non-league, and all of a sudden, within ten years, you're you're in the Premier League. What a remarkable story that is! It's incredible. It holds ten thousand three hundred fifty-six fans, which is the lowest now below the vitality where Bournemouth play. Um, now they are going to obviously fix it up a lot this this summer there's only so much you can do the course but there are uh, a lot that will be done uh, and they plan to move to a new stadium in the next three or four years i believe as well so the plans are there and of course premier league survival will be instrumental to that but even without that they are planning to move at some point it's a tiny stadium obviously they, they, they need to need a new one but i don't know there's something about those old stadiums there's something special about them um, yeah. I, I don't need glass and marble in my in my stadiums personally. I like you know trough pissers and, and well, you'll, tiny you'll, seats. You'll get that at Luton. And for, <laughs> for, the, for the viewers that are for the listeners, sorry, go on to YouTube and, and have a look at Kenilworth Road and see some of the videos. And even for mm-hmm. the, the way supporters going into the stadium, you're going through people's backyards <laughs> to get into the stands. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's unbelievable, incredible. Let me Lars ask you this, you know, Canadian Lars Hirschfeld played there for a while. I think he was on loan from Tottenham when he was at Spurs. Canadian connection, I love Canadian it. Canadian connection. He used to pull up there in his Volkswagen Bug. Oh, did he really? Very, oh, nice. Very fitting for Luton Town, I thought. Yeah, and Lars is a big guy, right? He's what six three. Oh yeah, six four. Sure. I mean, yeah. trying to unfold himself to get out of a bug that'd be quite amazing. no it, it was a convertible right now. <laughs> <laughs> he had to wear goggles though because his, his head was over the windscreen <laughs> it's amazing um i, I was I looking at the celebrations though, right and they get a cup right which always pisses off people that finish in the top two not really pisses them off but it's like they get a big day at wembley what the hell you know we just qualified automatically but you're seeing these players up there and this big party how many of them and how soon did it take them to think themselves, man, this is great. I don't think I'm going to be here next year. <laughs> because with all that money, right, they've got to improve this squad. There's got to be guys, you know, hoisting that cup above their heads, partying in the room, thinking, man, what a great ride it was. But I won't experience Premier League football. <laughs> no, I, do you know what? If they look at Nottingham Forest, they probably celebrated that they got promotion, went home and started packing their bags. <laughs> <laughs> Probably right. I don't. Like, you're right. I, I don't think they're going to do a Nottingham Forest and buy 27 players. I don't see that happening. But you're right. I mean, somebody like Richie Larea celebrating last year, a year ago, Nottingham Forest going to the Premier League didn't turn out to be a good uh, good thing for him. At least not for now. Maybe Luton Town will come knocking. Yeah. Hey, listen, Luton. Now you know if you're a Luton player, you too could be playing at Toronto FC this time next year. <laughs> <laughs> Now we'll see. It's going to be interesting off season, right? They're already, I believe, the bookies' favorites to be uh, straight back down. But uh, yeah, as we've yeah. seen, 
that's not always the case. Um, what a day it was. I, I love it when all these kickoffs happen at the same time. And Fubo, I tell you, having that that live match day is, is just brilliant, right? Because they're bringing in all the goals from around the league, the drama. You can feel it. I was watching the Everton game mainly. And I mean, listen, I don't support Everton, obviously, but I was, I was nervous watching that match. It was incredible. Leicester win their game. Leeds just, you know, shit the mm-hmm. bed against Spurs of all teams. But but Everton, that that great goal by Decore being just enough. But man, what what atmosphere it was, and, and the tension was palpable. But once again, they find a way, don't they? They find a way to yeah. just stave off relegations. <laughs> How long can they keep doing this? I wonder. Well, I was thinking about that too. You know, on the day in West Ham, I figured they would lose to Leicester, and and it, they got their eyes on that European final, but. Also, the fact that if you're West Ham, who would you rather stay up in the Premier League? Would you rather Everton stay in the Premier League or Leicester City? And I would say Leicester City would have been better because they are financially strapped. Everton do have money to spend, so they're always going to contend or at least, you know, potentially get themselves in that ball game. So I actually thought West Ham losing to Leicester and with the opportunity of them staying up was better for for West Ham because if you're in a scrap next year. I think Leicester would have been the team. I thought you were going to say because it was a closer bus ride. <laughs> well, <laughs> get yeah. back home after the game. Well, yeah, that's that's always a big point. Hey, when you look at who gets promoted, you're like, oh no, or yeah, or yeah, yeah. Luton's not far from. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> so here's a question, guys: When you get promoted, people are like, okay, maybe I won't be on this team next year. When you get relegated, are you thinking the same thing? Are you thinking, mm. oh, shit, I'm like, does it work both ways? Yeah, it does. And interesting you say that because a lot of clubs are in the same position because if they do get relegated, they don't want to be stuck with big contracts. So you can have some contracts coming to an end. Leicester City is a good example of that. I think they had eight or nine players this offseason out of contract. Mm. Now, that's good financially not to be able to you know, have these players that were worth some of them 30 plus million pounds when they bought them. Um, but you're not stuck with that uh, when you get relegated. But it's also a problem because those players lose that edge and that will to you know to try to you know keep a team in the Premier League uh, because you know you're going to get off that sinking ship. Many of those players. So, so, so there's six six teams with players who are like, oh, my life will be upended somehow a little bit this year, no matter what, almost right? Mm-hmm. Like you're. Mm-hmm. You're uh, you're resigned to that feeling, I'm sure. Yeah, you are. Uh, it, it's interesting because I put out a tweet. You know, that just this, this uh, pyramid system is so brilliant and this really is unbeatable and it creates these ama- magical moments. But it also, I was thinking of Leicester and and uh, and Leeds and well, Southampton. They've got over the the relegation a long time ago. But it's it's also the agony of that of defeat. And being relegated as well, that comes into the picture. So it's not always the great stories of Luton Town. It's the devastating feeling that Coventry are having this week and Leicester and Leeds are having, you know. Coventry so close. I mean, that must be one of the most painful losses in world football, right, Jimmy? Yeah. I wanted to see Coventry actually come back up into the Premier League. I was hoping they would. Why Coventry? I don't know. I think it's... They've got good history and remember when the Premier League back in the day and they had some great players that were that played for them and 
I remember playing at Highfield Road. It was always a good good club. It was a good, a good club. They were there for a long time, weren't they? Yeah, they were there for ages. There's a few Americans that used to play for them as well. Yeah. Back in the day. Jones. Yeah, Kobe Jones. Um, who was, was a striker? He? What was that striker's name? He was actually English, wasn't he? He ended up going to... Didn't he play for DC? Yeah, it'll come to me. So many Americans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, they did. There was a couple of a couple of Americans that used to play for them back in the day. So I was just I looking to remember their names. I was just looking to uh so Luton immediately 120 million dollars getting promoted. So that changes life immediately for Luton. Pounds. Pounds, sorry. Yeah. Um what does it do relegation you have a you have a parachute payment, Craig? Just so my brain can understand yeah, three. that. You get three pairs, and because Leicester have been in there long enough, they'll get the three full pair. Well, say three. It, it it's reduced every year, uh, but that's something they brought in years ago to, you know, help the teams financially strapped because a lot of them being relegated were going into liquidation. Ipswich Town did that. Um, really struggled financially because you're stuck with those contracts. So that's to ease that financial burden, but it also gives those teams an opportunity to come straight back up in the first couple of years. They're gonna put themselves in a financial position where they should be stronger than most. However, you do still get the likes of Luton and Coventry who didn't spend anywhere near that, but uh, Burnley did and they crushed it. Um, and we see Norwich uh, in a situation where they bounce back and forth too, but they didn't get up there this year. So their parachute payment will be reduced. So after three years, you're back to zero. And then you end up in that quagmire of teams that are trying to yeah. strap their way up there. You've well, got to be I so mean, smart now, yeah. right, as far as building a team for the championship because it's a different kind of football entirely. And you can throw all your money at that team hoping for quick promotion. But like you said, if you don't win promotion, then you're screwed. You've got these big contracts because those guys are still making lots of money. You'd like to think that some of that money is used to kind of retain some of the periphery staff. But the reality is there's, there's redundancies at those clubs behind the scenes, a lot of them. And that's really sad, right? It's a big, big drop-off between the Prem and the championship. And, and those are stories you don't really hear about. You hear about, you know, the second string left back, you know, losing his job, you know, well, he'll be okay. He'll find a job somewhere. Mm -hmm. You know, but there's, there's, there's one, le there's uh, one Luton player. I uh, can't pronounce his last name, but Pelly Ruddick was his middle name. And uh, he, he went the whole distance from non-league all the way up, which is, I don't think everybody, anybody's ever done that before. I think Wimbledon back in the day went from fourth tier to the top tier with some of the same players, but I'm not sure non-league to the top flight one player. That's pretty phenomenal. What about Leicester's Dean Smith? Relegated in two straight years from the Prem. That's Poor right. Bugger. It's not good for the resume, is it? Doesn't look great, that's for sure. But he's got experience in the league championship, so I mean, I haven't heard yet. Maybe they'll hang on to him, but um, it's going to be interesting. Looking at the odds, you want to see some odds for next season? In the Prem? Yeah. Well, your favorites might surprise you. Man City at minus 155. No <laughs> doubt there. So dumb. <laughs> um, who do you think the second favorites are? Ooh, good one. I'm going to say... Yeah, Newcastle, Chelsea, maybe. No, Arsenal's still second favorites at plus 700. Um, Just yeah. up on Liverpool, believe it or not. The bookies think they're going to bounce back here. Mm. After what was a terrible campaign, I love Mo Salah's comments. By the way, post post match yesterday, how how devastated he was, how it's just not good enough. And even Klopp said, "Listen, if you told me eleven games ago, I would be looking for a, for a good break now, but 
we've shown enough in the last uh, 11 games that there's something here still. We've got to make some big changes. We've got to build, but we'll be okay next year. He says he's energized. We'll see about that. Um, Klopp United's- is a big... Sorry, Sharms. Klopp is yeah. a big spin positive. He's a full wine, half full guy, eh? Unless he's talking about referees. Right. Yeah, yeah that's he, ha- he has his moments. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, who does? He has got his moments. Um, <laughs> United's fourth favorite, a plus eight hundred. Chelsea's fifth, above Newcastle, which is interesting. How, so how people, is Newcastle dropping? I well, I mean, I don't know. It's a good question. You finished they, fourth. They, they, in the they, they surprised so many this year, right? With what they did. I mean, listen. Right now, the odds mean nothing. We're going to see what happens this summer. If Newcastle suddenly spend three hundred million on new players. Um, then that could change, obviously. But right now, I mean, listen, Eddie Howe did a great job, but no one thought they'd finish in the top four this year. It was part of the build, right? Whereas right. United they, are going to spend. They've come out and said that they're going to spend the four. They're going to go after players now. Yeah. You could be careful, though, right? You've got to be careful because the, what they've built there with Eddie Howe, it hasn't been too flash, no. right? There's going to be a real um, allure of, of, of signing that big name player, that big time. Charlie, I'm talking about Rubinho, Neymar sitting there available. These kind of players, great players, but are they the right fit for an Eddie Howe team? Right, that's going to be the balancing act here, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It really is. I think he's, he's more inclined to just add a couple pieces here and there, do it really uh, slowly, and don't. There's no need to to make major major changes there. I don't think, but they have yeah. the resources to do it if they want. But they're in. They can go after pretty much whoever they want now. They've got the money. They've got one of the richest owners in the in Premier League. Well, they are the if richest not, in the if world. not the richest. They're the richest in the world. They're $820 billion in funds. You got, you got Champions League football. I'm telling you, look, you watch out for these guys. I'm you with watch. you. I'm with you. They're at plus 1,400. Uh, there's a big drop-off between them and the next team, which is Spurs. Plus 4,000 to, to, to win it. Um, ahead of Brighton, unfair. Uh, your West Ham, Craig, they're at plus 25,000. Probably not going to win the Prem next year. Um, as for Luton, well, give me a guess. What do you think Luton's uh, odds are to, to win the Prem next year? Oh. Well, it won't be 5,001 because I don't think they'll ever do that again. Uh, so I'm going to say 2,001. Plus 300,000. <laughs> Put a fiver. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we would have we Craig's laughed. over <laughs> under was a bit off there. Craig's over under was just a little off. Well, so what what does that work out to? To one, I don't even understand this North American. Three thousand off. Three thousand to one, right? So it's uh, you're right. Yeah, it's not right. the five thousand to one that that Leicester had. Yeah, they won't do that again. No, oh, okay. never. Sorry, Craig. <laughs> no, they won't do that again. But we laughed so, at that too. I mean, most people that put a five are on Leicester, but most of those people were. People that always stuck a fiver no matter what league they're in. So figured, well, I don't know, I'm sticking a fiver on them. Good bragging rights, though, right? If you did oh, for yeah. the rest of your life, you don't have to get one bet right for the rest of your life. If you just said, I threw a fiver on Leicester. 5,001. Yeah. I got freaking killed this weekend. I thought, I was, I thought I'd make some money this weekend. Then I, got, I got Harry Kane to score. That was good. I had quite a few bets tied up in, in Haaland scoring as well, but Haaland didn't even play, so they were avoided. Thankfully, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I had some some juicy parlays that didn't quite come through. <laughs> I'm pissed that Le- Leeds lost. We almost had it. 
Yeah. I know, just the one, right? Just the one. Yeah, we had what two bucks on uh, on the on the three relegation threatened teams to win. Two of them did, and Leeds just shat all over themselves. Yeah. Those parlays, three three parlays are hard to win, aren't they? You oh, try yeah. a ten game parlay. That's why I tried. I threw two bucks down on a ten game parlay. I said, what up? It's called the Hail Mary Pass. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. It, you know what it was? I'll tell you what it was here. Didn't <laughs> you know? Sometimes two bucks, fellas. What the hell, right? You know, if it comes through, oh, yeah. you're good. Um, man. Yeah. So bear with me here. Log in. It's coming. It's That's what you've got to do when you get nine out of ten right. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wasn't. I, I think I got three right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ah, it's not loading up now. I think I, I think I got three right in, out of ten. So, uh, oh, here it is. Did you oh, make damn. them all parlays? Were they all attached? Or uh, sorry if you said this already. Um, I no, I did a bunch of different bets. Oh, okay. So I'll show you. So yesterday, here's my bets. I had um, Everton on the money line, right? Oh my god, this. Hang on, it's freaking my internet's terrible. <laughs> Everton won, had that in the money line. Yeah, so that was good. Uh, it's coming. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. It's coming. You're in, it's your basement internet. Wait. You've got you got Craig's internet. You guys yeah. switch, Here we go. switch places. So yeah, I had Everton. Oh no, sorry, no sorry. This is the parlay. The ten team parlay. Everton win. Yes. United win. Yes. Liverpool. Nope. Man City. Nope. What the hell? Newcastle, yes. nope. Leeds, nope. Arsenal, yes. Thanks, Arsenal. West Ham, yes. And I had Palace Forest draw. That was right. And I had Brighton winning. So actually, I mean, if you look at the actual games, I, I, this, this, this should have come through. But five bucks, now, actually. Five bucks at plus 25,000. It should have come through. Plus <laughs> I four right. Yeah. <laughs> no, but okay. But Liverpool should have beaten Southampton, right? Oh, should have, could have. Man City should have won. Man City. They, Newcastle they should have won. Through. What are you going to call the bookies? Say, like, <laughs> hey, give me some of this because I got yeah. two right here. Hey, yeah. Listen, Liverpool you visit my my ten team parlay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, listen, this is close to happening. Um, you, you know so what, Charms? You just scoring. you just need to ask for your seven dollars back. See if you go. Hey, <laughs> can I get my seven dollars back from this parlay? Because yeah, Liverpool should have won. They should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on, guys, please. <laughs> I had Harry Kane and Haaland both scoring. Um, Haaland didn't play, so uh, I got the Kane there. But that would have played plus 373. Um, I had United Fulham over six and a half goals. I thought this would be the crazy one. You know, there's always one crazy one. Turned out to be Liverpool against Southampton. But Man U Fulham plus six and a half was at plus 1420. And I had a chance there to win a lot of money on a $2 bet. Um, more Holland. I had Holland to score one goal. I had Holland to score two goals, and I had Holland to score three goals. All voided, of course. And oh, of that's, course, a, that's I had, a win. I had Everton, Leeds, and, and Leicester. He's, he's betting two bets out of those three that are sure losses. Though <laughs> that doesn't make any sense to me. Do you, do you know what the best is? Right, he's telling us about his bets that he lost and won no money. Who gives a shit? You won nothing. <laughs> It'd be different I'll give you an going, opportunity. Guys, to to hammer me. I won like two thousand. Okay, there you go. We're hammering <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. What Here's a question. Care? Here's a question for Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy, what are what's Man City? Because you were a former gaffer. What's Man City doing from now, from winning the the Prem 
to this uh, champion, the Champions League final? Are they playing playing the FA Cup final? Oh, right. When's that? I forget. Next week. Oh, God. So they're going to do that first. (laughs) No, no, but are they training? Are they training? Are they playing Holland? Is this like, what's the, what's the, I know every championship, every trophy's the goal, but are you playing different players? Are you saying, hey, this, the season's continuing. Let's treat it as a regular. No, yeah, what, what they would probably do is after the, the last game of the season, they'll probably give the players a couple of days off um, because they've still got a bit of time. And then they'll try to go back into that schedule that they normally have before matches. So whether, you know, they'll say, for instance, the game's on a Saturday, whether they'll train Monday, Tuesday off, Wednesday, train Thursday, Friday, or some will say, okay, we'll take Monday off and then we go match day four, five, <laughs> It depends, but they'll definitely be continued training the exact same way that they would be during the season. Nothing changes. Okay, so it's right. So they're treating it like uh, North American playoffs. We're just going to keep playing on, like, keep going through like it's the regular season. Yeah, they have to. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. routine, routine, and there's enough days in between now. They're not cramming, so they don't have to worry about that. But it's just routine playing. Yeah, because Winning. even the, the players, you have to you have to keep them training the way that they're they have been, right? Because if the standard drops or the intensity drops a little bit, you you start to feel it as a player as well. You don't feel sharp, and and you just can't worry about injuries, right? You just can't. No. It can't be in your mind. I mean, obviously, your gauge players who they've got niggles and stuff, right? But overall, you can't. Oh, we're not going to play him because we need him for the final in mm. two weeks' time. Yeah. No. See, and the next season starts what in two and a half months from now. Yeah, well, in July shit. the preseason start in July, right? I mean the tours. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're back in like five weeks, four weeks. Yeah. And if you're, you're in looking qualifying, back in this season, you're back even even earlier. If you have to do any qualifying rounds, you'll be back in the middle of June. Well, That's don't right. forget Euro qualifying starts in mm. what a couple of weeks time. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Relentless. We, we, we spoke for a long time about this world. It, it, it was a weird season, right? Let's look back. It's almost we forget about it. The whole World Cup happened in December. It seems a long time ago, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Right? Forgot it. And yeah. this disjointed season is. Ronaldo was our... on United and got yeah. kicked off, basically. Yeah. How crazy. Conte, like, Conte was like a Chelsea season. manager, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. No, he was Tottenham. Tottenham. And yeah. uh, Tuchel was uh, at Chelsea. It was, it's yeah, nuts. Chelsea. Yeah. yeah. There was 15 managers fired this year. 55%, wasn't it? Whatever that is. Regardless. That'd be, 70, that'd be yeah. 75%. Because some, some, yeah, yeah, right. But some managers will fire twice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. right. Replace twice. <laughs> that's right. Let's do the math. Yeah, but it that's was. Right. I mean, was it a great season? Looking back, I mean, 2022 23 Premier League season. Was it a great season? Was it a good season? I mean, it was a fascinating season, I think. Yeah, I thought it was a great season, actually, in yeah, many well, ways. Actually. You know, with Haaland, is you'll never forget that coming over in his first year, crushing, crushing the record. Arsenal holding the lead there for the majority of the season. Some really good stories. Obviously, the relegation of two massive clubs, well, two big clubs, Leicester winning the Premier League and being relegated within 10 years. That's only happened to four clubs in history. So there's some big things that have happened in this season that are very rare. Yeah. And then I think you got to look at the other clubs as well that surprised everybody with Brighton, Brentford, 
who would have thought Fulham would have done so well as as they did? Yeah, uh, Aston Villa. I mean, Gerard, I went picked up Villa. nine points in the first eleven mm. games, and then Emery comes in and they've got themselves into Europe. But so there's another fantastic story. Yeah, Newcastle because a lot of people yeah. didn't really expect Eddie Howe to put them where they are right now. Yeah. Frankie Lamps going back to Chelsea where he couldn't win to continue not winning. (laughs) (laughs) I think you're right. I think, I mean, in many ways, it was a great season. It was a compelling, fascinating season. But because it didn't go down to the final day for the championship, maybe that takes a little bit away from from it. Um, The top four battle as well. Obviously, the relegation was great. Last day football. Um but yeah, I mean, it, it, it delivered certainly. Next year's got a lot to live up to. And now we've got this big seven. Who knows what Spurs do in the offseason? Um, next year, I mean, City are going to be, without doubt, as we just heard, the big favorites, and, and rightly so. But that top four next year, man, it's going to be a battle. It really is. More competitive every year. Oh, yeah. 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 I thoroughly enjoyed it. We'll uh, maybe this week, one of us won't have enough time. We'll go back to our prediction podcast. If we have one, did we have one? We must have had one. Yeah, we did in uh, yeah. August. Yeah, and we'll just see how how way off we were. We'll we'll revisit Jimmy's Harlan prediction as we've been doing throughout the season. That was six fun. Goals is six goals for the season. No, I, <laughs> I said fifteen in the first twenty or something. You were such a hey. Listen, so I know you guys love hearing about my losing bets, but I had Darwin Nunes to win the Golden Boot. Put five bucks oh. on that, so that was good. Remember Darwin yep. Nunez? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Is he still playing? Well, Jota was out for the whole season, right? He comes back late in the campaign, seven goals in his last nine games. I mean, with Jota healthy all year and Luis Diaz, mm. maybe got a different champion. Oh, God. <laughs> Probably not. Well, different second place, maybe. Different second place, yeah. yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm just going to write the Premier League and see if he could get his... Hey, can you uh, go back in the past and... Yeah. Can I get my money back on those bets too? Get another few games at it if you don't mind. <laughs> With Jota. Hey, do you watch uh, the Bundesliga? Now, that was crazy. That was insane. Dortmund just had to basically beat Bayern's result. You know, that's pretty simple, right? Dortmund against mid table Mainz, Bayern against mid table Cologne. And in the end, it was Musiala with an 89th minute winner for Bayern Munich to give them. The win, another championship, 11th straight on goals. Man, how must you be feeling if you're Borussia Dortmund? You must be absolutely gutted. What a way to blow it. Well, did you see the scenes after the game? I mean, it was actually quite, it was quite touching, actually. The the end zone there were just, it was just fantastic visually, you know, in Germany anyway, the football there. But the stadiums look fantastic. But they were all chanting to the manager, and he was literally in tears. He, I mean, it, it is a talk about crushing, you know, 10 years in a row, Bayern Munich win it. They got a chance to stop the run and which it quite honestly would have been good for the league. Let's face it. I mean, Bayern Munich now 11 in a row. Come on. Like what the fuck? And then it, 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 Dortmund, I mean, remember they had Holland yet last year, you know, they had him last year. And, and what happens to them often, I mean, going back to, remember, Goetze was also and Lubandowski were playing for Dortmund and they were in the Champions League final against Bayern Munich. And Bayern Munich had already done a deal that they were snatching up Lewandowski and Goetze the next yep. season before that Champions League final. It's crazy, isn't it? It is crazy. So, yeah, too bad for Dortmund. Really too bad. Too bad for the league. 
And boy, did Bayern celebrate, man. First things first, they announced that they fired their top two dudes, Oliver Kahn and Salah Medzic. <laughs> Apparently wild. Kahn didn't take it very well, and that's why he wasn't allowed to be at the celebrations. Now, can you imagine the guy firing Oliver Kahn? That's a brave dude. Woo. Yeah, yeah, you do that wow. over the email, don't you? <laughs> oh, absolutely. That's an email firing. Absolutely yeah. it is. <laughs> Imagine his hand shaking when he's pushing send. Like, oh. <laughs> oh god! Oh god! And then just staring at his phone continuously. Oh god! Oh god! Oh god. By the way, you can't come to the next match. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Um, well, he says he didn't lose his shit, but Brian said he didn't take it very well. <laughs> it's incredible, isn't it? But you win the championship still. I mean, that's that's again German football. Yeah, Bayern Munich, they won 11 straight championships. Not good enough. It's not good enough. Yeah, because they didn't win the Champions League. Yeah. Went out too early. They fired managers winning the Bundesliga and the Champions League. And the Cup. Heinkes, we won the treble the year Pep came in the next year. So you get fired just sitting there with all your trophies. Pardon me? (laughs) Uh, You're fired. But I just want everything. Yeah. Yeah, they wanted pet badly. Yeah, but you feel Tuchel is going to be the next guy to go. I'm, I'm, I'm watching a bit of that game as well, and just you imagine the hype in that dressing room before the game. These Dortmund players think we just got to win this game. Playing against a mid-table team, we've got too much quality. Concede after 15 minutes, yeah. and then nine minutes later, now you got a mountain to climb. Second half though, they they came out, they went for it. I think they scored in the 69th minute. 2-1. And they were pummeling them, but just couldn't couldn't finish. In the end, the draw, not good enough to win the, the Bundesliga. Yeah, they murdered them really all, oh, all game. Yeah. They only conceded four shots against. Two of them went in the net. And they, they had 20 shots or plus. Uh, Holler missed a penalty as well. Well, saved anyway by Finn Darman. Oh. Imagine stepping up for that penalty. Ooh, squeaky bum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shit yourself after you missed it. Oh, man. <laughs> I can't imagine how you must feel. Jimmy, Craig, how does it feel? Never missed a penalty in my life. <laughs> I have. To be in that kind of pressure, I mean, maybe you weren't responsible for the loss, but you've been in like high pressure games when you know what's at stake. I mean, when that whistle goes, I mean, I don't know. Can you put it into words just how you feel? Um, you know, most of the nerves in those situations happen before the game. Is anticipation when you get on there, you just you're basically doing what you you've been trained to do all your life. So you just switch off from that, and you just worry about every individual moment, every back pass, every corner, every goal kick. Just you just go through the process. You really do just sort of switch off and go into a different world. Do you feel that? I got a question for you. Do you feel more pressure or less pressure as a goalkeeper because you, you're thinking that the odds are in favor of the player that's taken the, the penalty shot? So does it make your mindset a little bit more relaxed and not as stressful as what the penalty taker is? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's one position or one situation a goalkeeper is never in in great uh, deal of uh, – pressure other than just wanting to win you know you look at that Luton Coventry penalty shootout at 
don't think anybody missed until the very, what, the sixth shooter. So the guy wasn't even one of the five. So he doesn't want any part of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're number six or seven down there, you want no part of it. And then next thing you know, you're standing up there going, oh, fucking hell, now it's sudden death. <laughs> so the so the keeper, so this is good to know. So if I'm walking up, I'm shitting myself. And you're probably just standing in goal, just chilled. <laughs> cool yeah. cool as a cucumber. Just, eh, come on, man. Yeah. Now, Jimmy, would that have changed your outlook had he known that when you were playing? No, I would have made it worse. Nothing to lose that prick over this there. This guy in Gola doesn't even give a shit. He's so relaxed. <laughs> when was the last oh, time you took a penalty? When was the last time you took a penalty, Jimmy? Uh, it was a while ago. I took him on the national team. I think I missed one in the national team. Missed one in, in club football as well. I used to hate it. I didn't like it. was him. perfect, Jimmy. You'd hide. Would you hide then when Shubert <laughs> comes around and Gaffer's looking around? Who wants it? Will you like? Yeah, it was around them when he's like, "Okay, who's taking pen- I'm tie your I'm, shoes? I'm gonna go grab a water. Does anybody want water?" <laughs> the manager must know body language right at that point, right? Because all the guys are like, looking around trying to find a distraction. Oh yeah, like not not me. They must be great, like psychologists. Look, like, oh man, he's not up for it. Jesus. Yeah, that- Brennan, you're taking it. Fuck. <laughs> okay would you remember that i think it was portugal was in a penalty shootout of the euro they won i think and ronaldo was poor i can't remember who it was it was one of the top players he wasn't wasn't interested in taking a penalty and he pulled him like literally grabbed the hold of him and said listen like it's he said something i like it it's, it's all in god's hands now anyway like don't like get up there and take yeah. it i don't think yeah. it was ronaldo but i know i know what you mean no, it was. It was. It Ronaldo. was Ronaldo, and yep. it, but it, he was telling another player that get up there. And oh, like, Ronaldo was saying that too. Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Ronaldo was. He would always step what up. What a but. leader! A leader of men. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't lead Al Nasser. And, and, and he stood up and scored. <laughs> Luckily. <laughs> I always wonder what you're being. We know when you're like arm in arm and you're watching your 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 mate walk to the spot that long walk. And you're on arm in arm, you know, as teams behind, like, what are you saying to each other? And I think it's just complete deafening silence. You're just yeah. saying, look how tight his ass cheeks are right now. <laughs> <laughs> but what if you know that you're next? He, you're can't, like, even oh, walk, he can't even walk properly. Look at him. <laughs> it's a part of you thinking, I hope he misses. So, like, because I'm next up and, like, you know, a little bit less pressure. I'm not the one. I'm not the first yeah. one to miss it. Well, if, if the opposition, if they miss and then you're up next, it's. <laughs> Less pressure. It's a lot easier for you. Well, not a lot easier, but I would be terrible. About you, Wonga, would you be good in that situation? Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind the pressure. I've done things under pressure that way. Yeah, I like that. What the hell? I don't mind being, but what I didn't realize when Craig was discussing it, what Jimmy was saying is during, you know, during match play, you can be the goat. You can be like literally be the guy who F's up as the keeper. But in penalty kicks, I, I, it's incredible. You're right. You, it goes from I can, I can mess up the entire game for my team to if I stop one, I'm the, I'm the champion of the world. Like mm-hmm. that's that's what a polarity there, right? Like wow. Yeah, it really is. It's a massive massive thing, and you know we we talk about pressure, and it does affect them because if you look at the World Cup statistics, if you're taking a penalty. Uh, and you're the last taker, and you you score, you win. But if you miss, you don't lose. Right. They're ninety percent. They score, 
And then if you, you, you switch it around where you're stepping up, you need to score to keep it going. It's just over 50% at the World Cup. Wow. So it just shows you the difference in the situations that put pressure on people. And that net looks really small. That's one thing you have to remember, like as a goalkeeper, is that you, those players are thinking that that net looks like it's not even official size. It's, and you've got a big goalkeeper. You can imagine Alfonso Davies, who, you know, during the World Cup against Courtois. Courtois like, got his arms up spread and he's nearly touching the post. Like it's, that, that net yeah. looks incredibly small. Yeah, That's people, why I didn't people, think it was a good idea that he took it. People don't realize they look at the net and say, oh, look how big it is. How can you miss? But Craig's right. Like when you're walking up and you, and goalkeepers, they're, they're not five foot seven, five foot eight. These no. guys are big, big men, you know, six, four, six, five, six, six. And when they open up their arms and they start going side to side and moving down, moving across the line, oh, it's, I tell you, that net becomes like a five a side goal trying to finish it. On. It does. It does. Yeah. Charms, well, when you played your celebrity match, Charms, how did you, how did you feel? Um, were you nervous? I feel shit in myself because I'm not very good. Just but you're excellent myself. on air. What about no, that no, first I, no, time? I enjoy playing. I, I enjoy playing the games. It's fine. But I was there was one shootout in a celebrity game. Well, it wasn't a celebrity game. Some charity match. And there's a shootout at the end. And I was fucking. I was walking away. I had no interest in taking a penalty. I would be terrible in those situations. I'd fucking fall over and on my face, walking to the spot. <laughs> and I know right now I'd be awful, crumbling under pressure. Kick the ground. <laughs> You'd kick the ground before hitting the ball. Yeah, exactly. My biggest things. fear is like not not like missing the penalty or being saved. As long as I hit it cleanly, I'm fine. Do what you want, save it. I don't care. It's like it's like scuffing it. That's my greatest fear, you know, in that situation. Just scuffing it and like <laughs> that's oh, amazing. Like that's amazing. Squib. That's one thing a player like even at the you know Luton and Coventry's level, where they when they're walking out, they're not worried about scuffing it. <laughs> no, yeah. they know they're going to hit it pretty well, right? Yeah, yeah you're going to strike it well, but that's that's not worried about. You're worried about scuffing it. Yeah, <laughs> something that you you people would have no. You don't understand that because you're not regular human people, human beings. No, well, I don't we're know about that. Human being, but we're, we're below bang average, average but... athletic, bang average athletic type, and the chance of scuffing a ball is probably in the thirty percent range. <laughs> <laughs> three out of ten probably oh god i don't know i don't yeah. know if i was kicking fun. it left-footed with a blindfold on i might scuff a couple <laughs> you know who was under pressure this weekend look a lot of pressure was trying fc or bradley a ton of pressure made the big call dropping bernadeski uh essentially for disciplinary reasons right for for his comments and he got just he's been destroyed by it TC put together a decent performance, beat DC United with Lorenzo Insigne playing really well. Um, maybe his best performance in a TFC shirt. I'm not sure. Two assists. He was working hard. He even spoke to the media post-match where he backed his manager. So Insigne is working this to his advantage, it seems. Um, after, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, listen, more will come out this week, I suppose. Things can't be great there still. If Bernadeschi, a week after he's basically hammering his manager, if then the next week Insigne is backing the manager, how does that relationship work out? What's that feeling like behind the scenes? Or is it all about the win? Got three points, biggest in right now, playing again on Wednesday. Got to follow up with another big win. Yeah, I, I think the win is massive. That's the number one thing. If they, if they come away with zero points after you know, 
disrupting the apple cart a little bit more, stirring it around. It would have made things worse, but nobody's going to complain when they win. Are they, yeah. Jimmy? No, I think it gives you a little bit of breathing room as well. You know, if they lost that match, I, look, and you guys saw the reaction of the fans when they announced Bob Bradley, Toronto FC manager, before the game, and the whole stadium was booing. So he, like, there's pressure on him, and to get that the the win uh, just lightens the mood in the camp a little bit as well. And obviously, with Insignia coming out and and saying his piece about backing the manager, and you know, you're you're hoping that they get a result the next game and things start getting back on track. But if, if they don't, and if they don't win next week, then you're back in that hole again. Well, they're playing Chicago on Wednesday, right? And Chicago's mm. tied on 16 points, not a great team either. It's a winnable game. You know, yeah. you're looking at the league. I don't see a lot of great, great teams. There's incredible parity. That's what the league's all about for the most part. There's a lot of parity. That's what they wanted. That's what they've got. Um, LA, for me, the best team in the league. Cincinnati, not bad. Um, Nashville, not bad. Seattle, not bad. But everybody's beatable for the most part on their day. I would say that LA are a step above the rest, but... Um, LAFC. Other, LAFC, yeah, not yeah. the Galaxy. Yeah. Yeah, well, Galaxy. well yeah. Charms, is, Charms is beatable. He got called a MLSC stool for just... Mm. That was good. I like that. I, th- I want to use stool again. Yeah, when was no, the last that time was amazing. And who gets you called the used the wrong word. I think he may have used the wrong word. Was he <laughs> stooge. stooge? Stooge, right? Stooge. stooge. Yeah, yeah, stool means I'm an MLSE shit. Yeah, yeah that's what I, I think he meant. It could work too. It could work I as well. That. that works. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was amazed by that tweet. It wasn't <laughs> yeah. that bad. It wasn't, it wasn't at all. No, you were just telling a story of this is a logical representation of what Insigne has to do, which is back Bradley a little bit, right? Oh, no, all I said, yeah, it's about Bernadeschi, right? And, and oh, yeah. Being, what else he um, could do? Right. Being, being suspended, essentially, by Bradley. And I said, listen, I, I said, everyone loves Berner. And fair yeah. enough, he's brilliant. Everyone loves Feder. He's fun to watch. He's great. Fair enough. But what is the coach supposed to do when a player goes public criticizing you? That's I didn't have was. Charms, Holy I didn't have a chance shit. to read the athletic article. Can you give me top-level uh, yeah, athletic it's a, article? It's a great article. I mean... And the writers involved are all legitimate journalists, right? So this is not just some bullshit piece. This is proper. And it just goes back to last season and the issues within the team and how apparently Insigne at one point was threatening to quit if if Bradley came back as coach. That was mm-hmm. rectified in the end. Um, Bernadeschi showing jealousy regarding Insigne and the deals he has. Um, Bernadeschi wanted a new contract end of the season on par with Insigne. Um, and then little things like uh, Bernadeschi walking around vaping on the team plane at the training, despite being told not to, showing a lack of respect. That's kind of. And by the way, people listening, this is what's in the article. It isn't me divulging this information. It's in the article, even though I'm being paid by MLSC apparently. Okay, this. Uh, why would I be saying this? Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's a. Uh, it, that's an inflammatory piece, right? With everything being you know backed up by numerous sources. It's yeah. a mess Kaylin, there. It's a complete mess. Kaylin Kyle came out with a her piece as well on on Apple TV. She was hammered talking about, Yeah, talking about what's going on inside, and she, apparently she's got some inside scoop. So, yeah, the two players telling us hate each other. That's what um, Kaylin was saying. 
Well, it seemed like it was a full, yeah, it seemed like it was a full on defense of Italian players uh, relationship other more than anything else. And I'm like, why are they bashing someone for saying these guys aren't getting along? That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Mm. You know, uh, I mean, uh, it's amazing. The fan base, a, a portion of the fan base in any sport you find this, but they just will not consider even the remote possibility that their guy might be doing something wrong. And it's, it's black or it's white. It's him against him. It, it can't be anything in between. You just can't. No, no. I'm a Bernadeschi guy. I'm an Assigné guy. I'm an Azario guy. Whatever. I will not be coerced into believing anything that my guy is anything but perfect. It's, just, it, it's incredible, the lack of intelligence by some of these people. The stupidity. So, you, know, you know what you need to do then is you need to find someone who's, you know, like a, uh, a Giggsy who cheated on his brother's wife. Like you find someone who's low barrel. And then you never have anything. You could believe everything, right? Yeah. Maybe maybe, maybe that's the solution. You're right. <laughs> Find someone who's horrible or like yeah. does some tr- trashy things. You're like, that's perfect. <laughs> that's my guy. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless, you know, whether no one can deny there's not issues there. They won a game. That's huge. They win again on Wednesday. And like Bob Bradley said, and it's a valid point. If they start winning games, if they win six games in a row, things change. People are happy again. They're still yeah. in the contention of a playoffs. I think two points out. Oh, they yes. can still do it. That's what I mean. A, everybody's beating everybody up down the, the the for the most of the part in the whole league, right across the board. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Winning I changes mean, everything. Everything. Right? And, and you know what, Jimmy, as, as a coach, you know you, you don't want to be you know having all these injuries, but you're seeing guys like Thompson and Kerr, young guys, getting valuable minutes. And effective minutes now, playing well, right? I mean, this is part of the coaching. It must be thinking, man, maybe this is a the silver lining is that we're going to benefit from this later in the season because these kids who shouldn't probably be getting these minutes are actually getting them now. And if we can just stay in contention when we do get healthy again, we've got depth suddenly. Yeah, you're right. I always wanted to ask this question for Craig. <laughs> Thanks, hey, I always wanted to that. ask this question. Yeah, you weren't listening, were you? <laughs> for Craig and Jimmy, have you ever been on a squad, on a club, that the manager has lost the room, but you still perform on the field? Have you ever been in that situation? So this guy kind of keeps his job, even though no one listens to him anymore, because your 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 team... Isn't it doesn't have to do with talent, but it has to do with gelled. You've gelled so much that you're still going out performing for each other and you're playing for each other and fuck the mm-hmm. basically fuck the manager at that point. Have you ever played in a position that way? Maybe even the Canadian national team. I don't know. I never played in a team that quit on a manager because it was in your best interest to play for yourself. Mm. First of all, you're not doing yourself any favors by playing like shit. You're not going to get yourself a move. You're not going to get yourself another contract. Certainly a goalkeeper position. I can't go out there and, oh, I'm just going to, you know, take it easy today. I'm getting paid really well. But these fans that paid, you know, good hard-earned money to come to watch me, I'm just going to, you know, sit here and do fuck all. Like, that just didn't make any sense to me. And I never played on a team that anybody quit on a manager. It was just the manager, you might not have liked him as much or didn't think he was good as the next guy or the last guy. But what are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, your I've, played, job. I've played in teams where you know the the managers butted heads with a with a few players, 
Mm-hmm. Um, but when it was time to get on the pitch, it was time to work. Like nobody went out there and didn't put a shift in. I've never played in a team like that where nobody's yeah. worked hard. Yeah, but that's on the pitch. I mean, the stuff that they're reporting with uh, Berndeski is that he's not listening. He's, you know, the whole vape thing. I like, I, I don't know how big a deal that is, but mm-hmm. there is that level of, oh, you know, he's doing stuff on the kind of outside where there are players that you've played with who kind of said, hey, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a big time Charlie and I'm not going to listen. Oh yeah. Lots of them. They might not listen, but when they go on the field, they might do their own thing even, but they're going to do it as hard as they possibly can. They might not listen Mm. though. Patrice Bernier tweeted about that. He was laughing. He was saying, man, all this stuff coming out of Toronto happens at every club. It's just, everyone's talking about this particular situation, right? Which is probably really true. So, so you guys think that the whole concept Mm -hmm. of, oh, the managers lost the room. That's just bullshit kind of overrated cliche. Is that fair, fair to say? I mean, no, that, no, that does happen at times where the manager does lose control of the dressing room and loses the respect of players. That that happens. Um, and and Patrice is right. Like everywhere in football, there's there's always discussions or arguments throughout a season. I mean, you're you're with a group every single day. You're with the same guys. You're traveling with the same guys. You're eating dinner together. You're eating lunch together. Breakfast. You're traveling, you're in hotels. And there's a lot of times throughout a season where players just end up butting heads with one another. But what makes it even harder is when you start losing and you're going through that losing patch, it's easy for players then to start pointing the fingers because they don't want to take the blame themselves and put their hand up and say, yeah, I I wasn't good enough this match. Mm -hmm. It's always somebody else's. And that's where you get a lot of the arguments in the dressing room is when things are going well and then players start arguing with one another and they start pointing fingers. And then and the they media, start calling everybody out. The media in England, too, will jump all over that more than the football game itself. They're more interested in all the, you know, the stuff that tabloid readers really grasp is all the crap. They would be all over this Bernadeschi and saying anything. They'd be all over it. They'd be saying all sorts, whether it was true or not. Well, that, that's why, as well, they, they don't let the press in every single day to come watch training. Because... Almost every day in training, there's always a little scuffle or an argument or something's going on. And if the press get a hold of that, it's it's ah, like so. So the only the 15 minute rule with the media isn't because of you know giving away tactics. It's because there's going to be a scrap at some point. Well, the, the, some, <laughs> something something, something something can happen. I mean, I, I've been on on, on uh, you know on, on training grounds where fights are breaking out, full on fist fights in the middle of training. Force has mm. been a part of it. It happens. Yeah. It happens. And you just, but what you do is, you know, the manager brings everybody in, you get in the dress room, calm everything down, and you keep it between yourselves because you don't want to get out there. Unless Craig, a camera you, has got, got it and hearts and kicking Ile Berkovich in the head. Well, yeah. <laughs> and look what happened there, though. That, that, that was everywhere, well, plastered all over the media. Well, Christ, this podcast still talking about it now, uh, you know, 20, yeah. 20 years later. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Craig, did you ever punch Jimmy in the face? He couldn't catch me. I was too quick. <laughs> he was <laughs> in the stall smoking <laughs> out of, he was in the stall smoking out of the, smoking his, putting his smoke through the vent. That's yeah. Yeah. You had to get through four doors. Yeah. He's driving me crazy. 
um by the way I, I did enjoy in that dc tsc match i loved rooney's the triple sub <laughs> late in the first half i love that man that's takes some balls uh montreal beat inter milan inter milan jesus they wish inter miami one nil phil neville going <laughs> ballistic on the sidelines like losing his shit you wonder if a guy's close to the edge there man that, that was that was some some video uh vancouver oh my he is close to the edge i mean close to the edge of actually losing his shit like he just like what is wrong with him somebody's gonna have a word with neville to say like what, what do you look like like he just yeah. looks like a little snot <laughs> <laughs> this is coming from someone that played against Phil Neville, I'm sure, on numerous occasions. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Now, so be there. Oh, you're just bitter. No, he just looks like an idiot. You can't be jumping around and just throwing shit and yelling it's at the fourth much, official. Right? Like oh, once in a while is fine, but you know, yeah. <laughs> a little snot. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna quote uh, that one for social. Oh, stools yeah. and little snots. Oh, this is I, th- I think Amy would agree. I think she was right in between the benches. We'll so ask her about it on Friday. Yeah, I want to yeah. get her perspective. Yeah, yeah. Um, Vancouver fell to St. Louis three-one. Um, <laughs> Tristan Blackman with some own goal in that one. Uh, Vanny Sartini post-match. She's coming. So I think it's a game that should be cancelled because the referee was shameful. I love v- Vanny Sartini, man. He's brilliant. I think he might get in trouble for that one. He reminds me of Mr. Bean. <laughs> That's a fine for sure. At uh, least. He might be a touchline ban, don't you think? I don't know. He might be, yeah. Like, yeah. He may have a point, but uh, you probably can't say it, I don't think. Um, yeah. CPO, we're almost out of time here. Uh, York beat Cavalry 1-0, their first home win of the season. Valor tie Vancouver 0-0 in the late one on Sunday. Pacific tie Wanderers 1-1, more draws. And Forge... Be Ottawa 1-0, a 91st-minute winner from Chouinier. And Tristan Henry, brilliant in that game. Uh, Jimmy, that was a game that you watched, you covered. Yeah, um, no. George finding a way. Ottawa's, I mean, they're not a bad team, but they just can't get the results. No, they can't get the results. But in the offseason as well, they lost quite a few players. They brought a few in, but they just can't find that form that they had last last season. And I don't think they've got the players to play the, the, the way that they did last year as well. Um, Forge rested a few of their players, that, and Ottawa would would feel hard done by simply because I thought they they actually performed very well. They had so many chances, and Tristan Henry is probably the the best game that he's ever played. And the stat was that it was actually the most saves that he's ever made in a match. He was absolutely remarkable. I mean, look as a goalkeeper, that's his job: keep your team in in the game and give the. Give the outfield players a chance to win it for you, and they did. Schwenier ended up uh, scoring in the in the ninety something minute to take the three points. So it was a it was a decent match. Again, Pacific was up one nil. Halifax came back, scored, ended up one one. Halifax still looking for their for their first win of the season. That's eight games now mm-hmm. they haven't haven't won. York York played very well yesterday. Uh, Calvary didn't look good at all. They're very they were poor on the day. Ended up losing 1-0 to, to York. Really, so York deserved that that win. And then Vancouver and Valor finished uh, 0-0. So overall, it was a, it was a good weekend of, of football in this Canadian Premier League. All right. Anything else you want to get to, boys? We're out of time, probably. But uh, is there anything pressing that we need to get to as the, the silly season is set to begin as far as European football is concerned? Certainly in the next couple of weeks. 
And that'll be a no. Okay, good. No. All right. Well, I guess just our Fubo, just if you want to sign up for international summer soccer, you got the Gold Cup and Nations League, FuboTV.com slash footy prime. Help out your friendly neighborhood podcast. Yeah, let's do that, shall we? It'd be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it, everyone. Um, you start okay. talking like that. You're going to yeah, get me okay. into bed. Well, <laughs> <laughs> and what's, what's behind you, Wonger? Oh, that's my bed. Oh, big, yeah, that is my bed. big quiet bed. You can do a little <laughs> backflip right into it. <laughs> yeah. Charm, Charm sounds sexy. He has that new sexy profile picture. And it's now, voice, and now yeah. this is his new late at night, his late Time night say, FM uh, radio voice. Time to say goodbye to the, uh, the audience now. We're back on Wednesday. Be good, children. <laughs> Keep on newspapers. Follow us on Twitter at footy underscore prime and on Instagram at footy prime IG. Oh, let's go! Booty, booty. It's time to get this party started. Booty, booty. It's time to get this party started. You know that we are the number one show. So grab your fucking mitts and now it's time to go because it's the booty, booty. It's time to get this party started. It's the booty, booty. It's time to get this body started with Danny, Jimmy, Gregor, and Jimmy, JC. All we know and all we talk about is booty, booty. It's time to get this body started tonight. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.